Feeling better? Looking better? Making life better? It's Life Tips. Life We'll explore the latest innovations, introduce you to the latest products, and bring you the tips from experts and environmental pioneers to help you lead a better life. Life Tips. Life Tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, wiser. Welcome your hosts, Byron White and Amanda Smith. Welcome to the show, everybody. Welcome, Amanda. How are you today? I'm perfectly great, as usual. I am so excited because I just prepared my tips for the promotions for the show, and I have to tell you that this is really going to be fun to uh, to promote our show with these tips that I came up. And, and you know, I went into the I went into the personal chest here. I went into the personal chest. <laughs> well, by you know, I'm little... glad you finally got around to doing these because I've been on you for about three weeks to get these done. I know, I know, I know, but you know. <laughs> It's it's something that is worth waiting for. I'm going to be talking about cold calling tips in this mm-hmm. troubled economy. I'm going to be talking about hot dating tips. Even though I'm a married guy, I am <laughs> reflecting back on my early days here because we have so many young people in our office. Um, and I'm also going to talk about uh, tips uh, to turn a prince in, into a king with his wife. <laughs> <laughs> Tell everybody what you're calling those tips. Um. Well... It's a, it's a special tip. It, it, it focuses on a theme to uh, – you, you know, you're just going to have to hear the promotion. You're just going to have to hear the promotion. So stay tuned to webmasterradio.fm promotions for our show, and you'll get in the know with some really good stuff. <clears throat> but back to our show today, very exciting show we have today regarding um, the first ever Life Tips Global Issue Roundtable discussion. Tell us about – our guest today, Robert Britt, Managing Editor of Life Science, uh, Bart Dabick, the resident expert of AboutMyPlanet.com. Where did you come up with this concept of a roundtable? You know what, Byron? We have so many amazing guests on every week, and everybody always brings something interesting to the table. I wanted to get you know a couple of experts in here. I want to sit around, and I want to, I want to do some hot-fire topics. I want to shoot some, some serious questions at some, some serious experts in the field, and I want to see what they've got coming across their desks every way. I think, it, you know, I think it'd be nice to, to get a, a group talk in here. Well, it's going to be exciting. Um, we're going to want to learn a little bit more about their backgrounds before they, we bring them on. But I think our goal and objective as, as, as a host should really be to challenge these, these folks. We need to, we need to challenge our, the way we think about global warming, global issues. You know, we need to really push these experts into, into – uh, you know, helping f- to find the best path to to live a better life. So, let's take a quick break. We'll be right after the show. With uh, right back at you with some uh, with some tough questions for some great guests we have on today. Life tips will be right back after this short break. Don't be fooled by your web analytics. If you think your web analytics are giving you all the information needed to manage your paid search accounts, you'd be shocked to see what they're not telling you. How are you tracking sales received over the phone that resulted from your PPC ads? Now, you can track call-in sales by campaign, search engine, and keyword with Engine Ready Call Analytics. Optimize top spending keywords with more accurate tracking and achieve higher PPC profitability. Get started now tracking your PPC call and sales with Engine Ready Call Analytics. Visit EngineReady.com to see how easy and inexpensive accurate call and tracking can be. EngineReady.com. 
Okay, so you're telling me that if I put the Go Currency Converter on my site, all my international customers can see how much they're paying in their own currency? Yeah. GoCurrency.com has free currency converters, language translations, international clocks, everything you need to do international business. So how does it work? Conversion elves. Conversion elves? Yeah, watch. Want to know what this will cost in euros? Check this out. Listen up, elves. We got one. $34 US. I need that in euros. Now, people. We got it. Put it up there, elves. Wow. Currency elves. Who knew? GoCurrency.com. Free currency converters, language translations, and more. GoCurrency.com. Welcome to Madame Natalia's. You've come to have your future told, no? Yeah, you see, I'm looking for the right life insurance affiliate program, and I have... Say no more? Huh? I see you working with AccuQuote. AccuQuote? Yes, AccuQuote. They are the nation's premier life insurance brokerage. Go on. AccuQuote will create custom creatives for you to optimize your eCPM, and they will offer you the highest payout for this offer anywhere. So when's all this going to happen? As soon as you visit AccuQuote.com. For life insurance, visit AccuQuote.com. Purse Strings with Maria Retan. Hi, I'm Maria Retan, and each and every Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern on Purse Strings, you'll learn how you and your company can corner the market on the most powerful consumer in the country, the 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending, the woman. Live broadcast Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the advertising channel. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Find the WebmasterRadio.fm Web 2.0 watering hole and have a drink on us. WebmasterRadio.fm is now on Facebook, MySpace, and Twitter. Find us now on the WebmasterRadio.fm homepage. And now back to Life Tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, and wiser. Here are your hosts. Welcome back, everyone. We're here for a fabulous show today, the first global issue roundtable discussion featuring Robert Britt, managing editor of Life Science, and Bart Dabick, the resident expert at MyPlanet.com. Welcome, Robert and Bart. Good afternoon, everybody. I knew you were going to talk both at the same time. <laughs> See that? That was a test. That was a test. <laughs> Let's start with Robert Britt. Um, Robert, tell us a little bit about LifeScience.com and your angle with this interesting issue we have today regarding uh, the global issues that we, we all face today. Well, you can find uh, information about uh, global warming in a lot of places now, and, and you can find the news of the day in a lot of places. Uh, at Live Science, we try to uh, bring uh, this issue and other issues in science um, to the forefront every day. Uh, you know, we, we sort of never stop. And um, so if you go to our environment section, you'll see a host of, of things um, to inform you about what's going on with climate change, what's being done, and what people are talking about. Bart, you're on deck next. Tell us a little bit about, about My Planet. Well, About My Planet, um, it's, a, it's a pretty new site. Um, it's been around for just about two and a half years. Um, and basically, one of the same kind of ideas, Robert, um, we try to get together a lot of information. Um, there's a lot of blogs coming out there, and we thought it would be great to have a good source of information where people can share, discuss green information, and also, you know, find out how to lead a green life. Um, it's, it seems like right now that's the key aspect of going green is finding that information easily and then letting other people know about it. 
I want to ask you both a, a question um, regarding making it simple. Um, the web brings us volumes of content, lots of alternatives, lots of choices. What are you doing on your websites, each of you respectively? We'll keep our Robert and Bart order going. What are you doing on your sites to make it simple for people to read something and take action on it? Well, I think on a daily basis it goes back to basic journalism skills. You need to keep in mind that whoever might be reading a given article hasn't read all the articles that came before it. And so you need to somehow summarize um, the the story behind the story, so that a reader know, can put some context around the news of the day, and that's a challenge for us for us on a daily basis. And and then of course with the web, you've got links back to all that other stuff that people can follow. Um, but we're a filter. It's our job to figure out what's important today, what's happening now, and what people are talking about, and then uh, not only present that to you, but lead you to the background information you need to to make informed. Judgments. Bart, what's your take on making it simple and making it easy to take action? To take action. I can't stress enough about taking action upon reading some, some content on your website. Um, I totally agree. Um, I think that's the key, um, key aspect of it. Um, we, have, we have our green tips section where um, we have weekly tips going in, going in and um, they're basically written by our writers, and um, some of them are submitted by our readers as well. As well. Um, and we're keeping them very simple. We're, we're not trying to take somebody's life and, and swing it around 180 degrees. Um, you know, we realize that it takes um, one small tip. Um, maybe, maybe you can do a tip a month or something like that and um, easily gradually translate your life um, into a greener life. Um, for example, like on, on, when we moved into our condo, um, I basically got one of um, a bunch of computers. We consolidated a lot of computers, a lot of gadgets, which are the light bulbs, and our bill actually went down by 60%. Um, so it doesn't it doesn't take a lot of um, a lot of things to change your life. But if you do something, you know, every each month, then over a period of a year, like you're you're going to be at a different point, and you know, leaving a much more sustainable life. Now, for both of you, I think that we can we can all agree here that environmentalism has undergone a big evolution in the past decade. I mean, when I was a kid, you know, the extent of environmentalism was you know maybe recycling, and now we've we've made a lot of headway in the past few years. Specifically, in the past four or five years, I've noticed a huge evolution. You know, ha- have you guys noticed the same thing? What are some of the changes you've seen, um, Robert? Do you want to weigh in first on this? Well, I think the big change happened over the past uh, two years, really. I, I, you know, th- things led up to the situation we have now. But when when you had finally George Bush uh, acknowledging that climate change existed and that humans were contributing to it, and then you had um, other vocal proponents getting a platform, Al Gore being one of them, uh, you had more people listening. And and I think that um, the scales begin to tip towards environmentalism being. A thing for wackos to environmentalism being a sensible um, concept of planet stewardship, and then more more specifically uh, or more rapidly, 
in, in the past few months, you've had just a tremendous change in the American economy, and, and in fact, in the global economy, food shortages and gasoline price hikes. Um, and, and this has forced everyone to stop and think about where their stuff comes from and, and how much they have to pay for the stuff that comes from the earth and, and how they ought to maybe make some changes in their everyday living. So I think the economy, or the bad economy, has done more for... Uh, environmentalism than any politician or actor. It's almost been this idea of forced awareness. Um, you know, people are, are forced to acknowledge the idea of biodiesel fuels because they can't afford to, to put gas in their cars anymore. If, um, if, if not forced, at least it makes sense. You know, it, it, right. it makes good sense to your pocketbook uh, to take a look at some alternatives, changing right, a light bulb right. um, and things like that. Bart, do you want to weigh in on this? Um, yeah, I think I think politicians such as Al, Al Gore like made a really big difference. Um, shined a big spotlight, if you will. Um, also, the internet, the access to information has exploded, um, and everybody has been seeing right away. And you know, there's 130,000 blogs being put up every single day. So there's a flood of information, um, which makes it easier for people to go green. At the same time, I think um, you know the climate changes. Um, along with everything else, is forcing corporations to um, make big changes. Um, if you look five years ago, we didn't have access to products, you know, and right, right now you go to a grocery store, you got 30% of the stock, stock product to be green in some way or another. So um, corporations are seeing in the end that if people have choices, they'll make the better choice. Um, and if, if they don't change, then they'll go out of business, right? I mean, in the end, like, when you have flooding um, across the states right now, like people do see that there's effects of their actions over over the past you know decades. Robert Bard and, and Mandy, for that matter, and especially maybe, have you seen any correlation between sort of a new movement that I'm at least reading more about is in this sort of go green, go USA, sort of self-sufficiency? merger of two interesting models here? Yes and no, and I think this is all a, a, a two-edged sword. Whenever you let the economy drive something uh, or, or when the economy just decides to drive things, um, you, you can have multiple outcomes that you obviously can't control. So while on the one hand, yes, you have people um, making decisions that are related to their pocketbook that happen to be good for the environment, um, you also have um, a, a desire for independence from foreign oil that's manifesting itself in a different way. Um, there was a pullout yesterday from the Pew Research Center that's a good example of this. Um, back in February, they, they pulled Americans on what they thought was most important, more conservation or more exploration and drilling. And in February, 55% of people said more conservation is important. And that number's down to 45% now. Likewise, Back in February, 35% of the respondents said that exploration and drilling is more important. A fairly low number. That's up to 47%. So, and the shift comes mostly among young people. So young people are now all of a sudden, from February of this year to June of this year, changing their, their thinking on whether or not we should drill in sensitive places like, the, uh, like in Alaska. Um, the number among young people age 18 to 29 on, who think energy exploration and drilling is the most important policy priority. That's up from 26% back in February to 51% in this most recent poll. So you have, you have two sides to this where 
you know, yeah, we're going to go out and be a little more careful about how we spend our money. Um, we're going to try to be uh, a more independent nation, develop solar. All the, you know, people are thinking that way. They're also thinking, hey, maybe we need to drill some oil wells. Hmm. Isn't isn't there tension though as a follow up with the global issue, the imports, you know, the dependency we have on inexpensively manufactured products and the drain on the economy, and this possible momentum of U.S.-based electric batteries being used in automobiles and smaller-scale entrepreneurs, you know, with groundbreaking, you know, solar panel developments and and the incredible influx of VC dollars now being thrown at U.S.-based companies. I mean, isn't isn't there a real synergistic movement happening between the Go Green and Go USA? I mean, I see it, I, and it I, makes sense to me, right? I, I, I agree, and I think it's. I, but I also think it's very personal. I think people are making decisions and, and have viewpoints that are that are very personal. What is what remains to be seen is to the extent to which this becomes uh, an ingrained way of thinking about how we should run our economy and run our country. Um, are we going to be a leader? in developing alternative energies, or are we going to let India and China and other countries and, and Europe lead the way? Um, and I think that, I, I don't think that we have made a political commitment by any stretch of the imagination to being the technological leader in renewable and alternative energies. Bart, what's your take on the Go Green, Go USA issue? Um, well, I believe that the, the entire war that's happening and that we've had for the last seven or eight years um, is really starting to scare people. Um, and now more than ever, um, people want to be self-sustained. Um, I mean, it just doesn't make sense how much money we're throwing. I was just looking up at some numbers. Um, you know, there's some websites that keep track of how much we spend a day. It's $340 million. Uh, it translates to um, $10 billion a month. Uh, now, if you think about it, if you hire <laughs> scientists for a full year, it's going for the one month um, fee that you pay for the war. Um, you, you can hire a hundred thousand scientists for one single year to develop alternative energy. Um, it just doesn't make sense in a lot of people's mind that you know we're we're throwing this money at this war. It's it's ongoing, and um, we're not seeing any results, right? So more and more people. Are starting to think, you know, if we invest more money at home, um, develop more self-sufficient energies, um, you know, this whole dependence on oil will not be as much um, of a burden on on the North North American countries. Still, you know, we got India and China coming up. Their their dependence on oil is only going to grow, um, and you know, so I don't see the price of oil go down going down um, at all, but. Hopefully, our, our self-sufficiency will go up. Hmm. Mandy, you ready to print some T-shirts up? Go green, go USA. <laughs> yes, I am. I'm ready with the printer right now. <laughs> I'll take two. You know what? Well, I, I want to I want to jump in and ask you guys a question. Uh, one of the hot topics that I remember hearing about a couple of years ago that seems to have fallen off is genetically modified foods. And I know there was this, you know, this big fear of frankenfoods, and then it just seemed to sort of fall off. Like, what happened? I mean, that was supposed to be one of our big answers for feeding the world, but then there was this huge movement towards organic and locally grown foods. Whatever happened to GMOs and, and genetically modified foods? I, I think, again, it's economically driven and, and certainly driven by people's opinions and fears. And if, if big 
agricultural companies think or perceive that the public isn't ready for some of these products. They're not going to invest the money in developing them. Um, and it's a very sensitive issue in Europe, less so, I think, here in the United States. Uh, but it, we've been messing around with, with food and, and with animals, the, with the evolution of them and uh, modifying them for, for decades and decades. So really, genetically modified food is, is not a whole lot different than, than what we've always done. The question is just um, how hungry are we? really, quite literally. And I think we're hungrier now than we used to be, and I think the whole world is, is hungrier now. We, we know that. There's food shortages. There's riots because of food shortages. And if genetically modified food can feed more people by using fewer acres to grow the crops, then uh, you're going to see acceptance. Now, have we seen any serious scientific results of eating or growing or you know consuming these genetically modified foods the, the 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 fears are based largely on stuff that we don't know anything about so you know as far as what we do know and and what's been produced there's there's nothing to worry about some you know anytime you change food you're going to change things you're going to we have tomatoes now that are completely tasteless because of all the modifying that we've done to them. And we have vegetables that have lost some of their nutrients because we've tried to make them bigger or greener or whatever. Um, genetically modified foods are, are going to be the same. It's, there's going to be pluses and there's going to be minuses, and we're going to have to weigh the differences. Right. Um, it, it's just, I mean, I, I haven't seen any scientific evidence that there's any dangers behind genetically modified foods, but, I mean, clearly there's this big uprising of fear about it. So, Bart, what do you think? Um, well, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm getting a knife. I thought you said Byron. I'm like, I have no opinion. I'm going to defer to Byron. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 sorry, that was for Bart. <laughs> sorry. Um, I think, I've, I believe people will come to accept it. Um, I think in the future it will become a way of life as everything else. Um, it's, you know, at this point I don't think we're in, in a big food shortage, um, but if you think how much our population is growing across the world, um, it's only going to intensify. Um, one of the big, obvious, obviously over the last two years, one of the big things that you've seen is um, the price of corn going up and all to, to biofuel. Um, and, you know, a scarce like that will definitely be um, advancing the technology, um, especially if you look at how much research goes into approval of um, of foods and the people you know people can't really uh, there will not be foods will not be passed along for consumption unless they're approved by the certain agencies that we have in the government hmm. you know this whole thing plays into an, another issue that doesn't get talked about a whole lot and, and that is mm. the, the buying local and the buying organic, and there's a lot of misconceptions. Buying local is, is a fantastic thing to do in terms of, of saving energy uh, that, that goes into growing the energy and the costs that go into growing produce and shipping produce and, and all of that. Um, but often when people hear organic or they go to the store and they see organic, they think that's just a, a great thing. Organic is just inherently great, and it's not always true. If you take Washington State, for example, it, the average apple leaving Washington State gets shipped something like 1,700 miles, and that's whether it's organic or, or otherwise. So if you buy an organic apple from, from Washington State, but you live in New York, well, you're spending 
how much on, on gas to get it there. A bunch of grapes, one bunch of grapes shipped from California to New York takes about four cups of gas to get it there. So what kind of you know, it's interesting. And, and so so when we look at when we look at organic, it's not always good. Organic can be terrible for the environment. Right. Now, interestingly enough, I've I've actually spoken to farmers in the New Jersey area who are very against the idea of organic farming, and they feel that it's kind of a financial hardship for them to have to produce as many crops and to you know to get as as much um, as much produce from one acre of land without you know without uh, pesticides. As, and the organic label doesn't the, the organic label doesn't always mean what you think it does either. I mean, a lot of the uh, organic milk, for example, is produced by by huge companies with huge farms where the cows are you know not treated all that well and, and not fed all that well. And whereas local, if you go you know you you see the guy down the road who's growing this stuff, he might be using some pesticides, but it doesn't mean he's using the worst varieties, and and, and it doesn't mean he's not growing excellent produce that's going to taste better and be, have more nutrients in it and cost a heck of a lot less to get to market. Right. I have an interesting question for the for the group, and we can go around and sort of hit some of these big areas one by one individually. But what's it going to take to motivate mainstream America to, let's say, buy local, buy all their 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 produce local, to convert into a bio, biodiesel form of communication, uh, to install solar panels in their house um, to d- turn off your outside lights at night to save electricity, for businesses to implement mandatory policies that employees have to conserve energy by doing subtleties like turning off your computer at the end of the night. What is it going to take to motivate people to, to, to follow down this path of, of living a better life? I think that's an incredibly complex question with with multiple answers, but one simple answer. I'll come back to the economy. I I, I lived in Sweden for a year, um, a couple of decades ago, and already then gas was very expensive. Apartment space incredibly limited. You had to be on a hundred-year waiting list to get an apartment. Um, so you know, forget about it. Maybe your grandkids could could live there. Uh, one fa- one car per family generally, and when people got in their car to go somewhere, they really thought about you know, whether they could afford to do this and where they were going to go and how they were going to combine three trips into one and that sort of thing. And you're starting to see some of that happen in America now, and it's driven by the cost of gas. People are slowing down. They're, they're driving less. I'm, I'm doing it. I'm, I'm stretching a tank of gas to two weeks now where I used to use a tank a week simply by driving less, driving a little slower, coasting up to stop, stop signs. And that behavior in relation to driving, I think, can be repeated in other areas, I mean, I live in Arizona, and, and the electricity here is outrageously expensive compared to other places I've lived. So guess what? I turn the thermostat up in the summer, and I, I deal with a couple degrees warmer in the house. I just have to. Hmm. So, you know, make your part of your answer is make um, the government at the state and federal level is going to have to step in and provide incentives for solar panels to be installed on all new houses so that it's a fair playing field. All the contractors either have to do it or are encouraged to do it. Homeowners are, you know, footing the bill when they when they buy a new home, but it's everybody has to do it. And we're going to pay more overall for our electricity, and that's going to make that solar electricity more competitive. So I'm hearing government incentive, high price, financial incentive, 
changing changing habits. How about habits, you, Bart? Habits, yeah, you know, and th- there's the key right there. Habits are habits. They're not going to change unless something changes. Mm-hmm. And so you can either wait for the price to go up, or maybe it won't, uh, as as it didn't for for you know half a century in this country where we had cheap access to energy and resources and, mm-hmm. and you know lumber and concrete and copper and everything else. But um, all those things we're, we're starting to learn. That all those, all those things are in relatively scarce supply, and it's going to force change. But the government can help out here. Instead of just letting the whole economy, you know, go to hell in a handbasket, we can begin to make some smart decisions about investments and incentives so that we get to where we need to go in a rational, uh, thoughtful process instead of, you know, having to have some sort of a meltdown first. Bart, how about you? You want to try to tackle that impossible question I asked a minute ago? (laughs) Yeah, well, I totally agree. I think it's price alone is probably the biggest driver in a lot of change that will occur. Um, price of fuel obviously is going up, and we'll see if it's going to be hitting the $2 mark this year. But um, that will, again, um, take any food that we get from, uh, from far here in Canada out from the States. It's going to, the price is going to just go up. Somebody has to absorb the cost. Um, so you'll see people choosing um, more locally grown food. Um, in terms of solar power, I think that's a huge untapped market currently. Um, you look at how many solar panels can be installed on every single roof um, of every single house in, our, in Canada here or, or the States. And also there's new technology being developed, you know, solar, power, solar paint, which will um, absorb any any uh, any um, sun that kind of hits your walls, right? So there's there's tons of more potential from solar power. Um, that in, that in, that will drive um, you know any new plug-in hybrids that will be coming out within the next few years, um, which can plug directly into your wall um, and essentially drive for free, right? And you're getting free energy out of the sun if we don't get taxed on the sun. <laughs> And um, and you're driving for free. You know the average, um, I believe, the average American drives something like 30 miles a day. Um, you know, and the plug-in hybrid or the hybrids and um, electric vehicles, you know, they can easily um, go to the 50 to 100 miles on a single charge. So I think price will be the key um, that drives change, and it should be for the good. I would add only a couple of wild cards, and then I'm getting IM pings that, that we need to move to the tips you <laughs> folks have brought today. So, But I would add a couple of interesting ones that, if nothing else, will make us, make us laugh. I think thirst for innovation can definitely be a motivator. I think in the heart of hearts of, of, of all of us, we're all geeks. We love gadgets. We love innovation. We love cool things that make, the, make life better. And I think another wild card is guilt. <laughs> You know, guilt, stepping on that gas and knowing that you're just pouring down the possibilities for your grandchildren to really have to struggle to, to be in, a, to be in a, uh, a situation of comfort. So a couple of interesting motivators. But enough of that. Um, let's, let's go with a couple of tips. If you can imagine, I'm looking at the volume of content on both of your sites. The fact that you could even surface with a couple of tips is a miracle. <laughs> Uh, each. So let's start with with Robert and then dive in with Bart. Sure, I got I got I got two for your tech savvy audience. Uh, here's a great one. This country spends about uh, the people of this country spend about a billion dollars a year powering electronic devices that are off at night. 
So hmm. if you can just unplug that main plug from the wall that's got your computer and your monitor and everything else, uh, you can save you can save yourself some money. And if enough people do it, we can we can save a bunch of electricity. Hmm. And the other one is that for, if if you're already leaning green, if you're the type of person who already has this sentiment and, and practices these things, um, and you're trying to convince somebody else, instead of telling them they need to save the earth, talk to them about shaving uh, a few dollars off of their monthly budget and, and explain to them ways that they can um, be environmentally responsible and save money. Hmm. So I got two as well. Um, so, you know, change starts at home. So um, make yourself a promise that, you know, at least once a month you'll, um, you'll do one simple thing that will change, you know, your life for the better in terms of the environment. And 12, you know, 12 months from now, your, your life's going to be looking totally different and you'll be able to take bigger steps at that point. Um, and so the second one will be, um, you know, gas prices will not go back down. Uh, I think that's that's something that we can all agree on. Um, and so take a, take a look at your life um, five years down the road um, and see how you want to, you know, be living at that point. So you can start making plans now so that five years from, from now you can, you know, walk to work. I think that's a that will be a huge, huge change um, that could save you know, tons of um, tons of gas dependency on oil, um, and also you know save you four hours a day in traffic, being stuck you know hunting the horn. So you know, we much pleasant, much more pleasant life. So if you could do those things, uh, I think it would be good. Really great tips there, folks, and um, I really uh, think uh, that if we can just find a way as we began the show to make it simple for people and make it easy for them to not only read good info and take action on it, which I think is a challenge, but uh, but feel good about it and, uh, and and feel like there are other people that are part of the, uh, the new recipe for success. So thanks for being on the show today, everybody. Really, uh, really great show. Nice to have a couple people that really know what they're talking about. Robert and Bart, thanks for being on the show. Yeah. Thank you. So our listeners can go check out aboutmyplanet.com, which is where Bart DeBeck is from, and Robert Britt is from LiveScience.com. Both incredible sites for you know going green and great tips and you know all the hottest topics, all the hottest news in in the green world. So I highly recommend our listeners go check those out. So what did you think, Byron? This is our first roundtable talk. What did you think? Well, Robert Bart, thanks again, guys. Appreciate it. Mandy and I are going to talk for a minute and digest all of this vast amount of knowledge and scratch our heads. Thanks again for being on the show. I think they're gone, but we thank them. <laughs> In the meantime, whew, another challenging show, another another bits of data thrown at our, our audience that is collecting all this data and is going to do something with it. So I think a great, great show and putting it together, Mandy. Thank you. You know what? It was, it was all our producer. He's amazing. He always does the best work. But I will say it, it's a challenge having more people on the show. I mean, you want to talk to them for hours, and we just don't have enough time to cover all the best topics. But this certainly won't be the last. So, Until next week, everybody. Hope your life's a little smarter. Better. Faster. Pfizer. <laughs> we got it right. That's crazy. Yes. Yeah, let's go do it again. We have to get it wrong. Come on. And greener. We'll add more taglines each show. 
It'll be like that game you play with the kids where you go. I had to write that down to remember. The the memory game. (laughs) That's our long-term memory. Anyway, thanks for tuning into the show, everybody. Thanks, Mandy. And thanks, George, at Mm webmasterradio.fm. The place to go when you need to know. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next week.